Welcome to the Universal Dancer Podcast with your host, Leslie Zare, author of The Alchemy of Dance and The Alchemia Remedies, coming to you from Cairo, Egypt, the ancient land of Chem. Journey with us to explore sacred dance, the sacred arts, the mystical and the magical. Join a community of like-minded souls seeking to understand the cosmic dance of co-creation through the sacred arts. Come along and expand your mind, ignite your creativity, and explore something new and something old. Welcome. Welcome to the Universal Dancer podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Zare. And we have another exciting episode for you today, so let me introduce you to my guest. Early in the first decade of her career as a dancer, Mariko Endo concurrently studied Bhutto under Arika Kasai, one of the co-founders of the Bhutto movement. From 2000 to 2004, she toured throughout Japan and the U.S. with the legendary artistic director Akaji Maro. As a dancer and choreographer, Mariko has recently collaborated with international composers and visual artists to produce multimedia performance art. In 2016, at the Garden of the American Museum of Natural History, Mariko performed her original solo piece to the music of the American contemporary composer Derry John Mazzelli's metal song. Prior to that, Mariko had choreographed and danced to Maltese composer Mariella C. Cordina's Gigantilla at Symphony Space. In 2017, as an experienced educator of at-risk children, Mariko worked with a group of these youngsters to produce the documentary dance film Mask Task, directed by Los Angeles-based filmmaker Josephine Decker. In October 2018, Mariko performed her original solo buto piece to Joel Tomei's music, Adoration of the Divine Mother, a canto from Savitri, Traveler of the Worlds, at New York Buto Institute Festival at Theater for the New City. Later that month, at the American Dance Guild Festival at Ailey City Group Theater, she performed a new work, Heavy Water, by Gloria McLean. In 2019, both of them toured Japan, performing an expanded version of Heavy Water in Tokyo Daigo Fukuria Maru Memorial Peace Park. In October 2021, Mariko premiered two new solo dance films at the Metropolitan Museum in New York City as part of their Balcony Bar from Home series. This event marked her career debut at the Met, although virtually. Created with renowned contemporary composer Stanley Grill, American Landscape and Remembering, American Landscape won the 2022 Telly Awards, silver for cinematography and bronze for general music video. In spring 2022, the rehearsal began for two major productions at Trinity Church Wall Street. Mariko performed Marilyn Green's work, Humankind, in the fall of 2022 and choreographed her solo piece, Ahimsa and duet piece, Transfiguration, in the spring of 2023 at the site of the extraordinary St. Paul Chapel. Let's welcome Mariko to the show. Hi, Mariko. Mariko, sorry. <laughs> I will get this right. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Um, pleasure to be here. 
we're excited to hear about you've been a busy woman you've you've been up to a, a lot of things here so let's let's jump right in and why don't you tell us how your journey began to becoming a dancer and a choreographer did you start at a young age or this happened later where did where did it all begin for you okay um so dancers normally start like age three or five but i didn't <laughs> start dancing age 35 but um but i was uh acting I, when i was a teenager i was acting in local theaters in japan and i was into psychology human psychology and psychology and the theater it's kind of um married couple and uh one day a producer of the, some production sent me to the workshop taught by Akira Kasai and that was a Bhutto and contemporary dance workshop and I had no idea that workshop was going to be and I jumped in and I immediately got it all my senses that yes I want to be able to do what this teacher is talking about so um so that moment i i think i unknowingly i i was starting to be um wanting to be a dancer Beautiful. <laughs> yes yeah. so you didn't train at a younger age you just that's great yeah beautiful <laughs> and that was like yeah 19 so yeah yes that's good to hear because I think a lot of people think if you don't start at a young age, you will never be a dancer. And and again, right. it depends on what kind of dance you want to do. I think for some types of dance, being a little bit older is probably a good idea. But um, so I want to talk about Bhutto. I've seen some videos and I find it fascinating. I just this is something that really moves me. So I'm very curious to hear about Bhutto, how, how, what, I, it was, obviously it was your, this workshop that you did, but what drew you to Bhutto? You went, you went on with it after your experience. So what was it that was so attractive? Maybe you should actually explain a little bit about what Bhutto is, because there's probably a lot of people that, that don't know what that is. So maybe you can start there. Okay. So, um, Bhutto, Japanese Bhutto was founded by three masters, Kazuo Ono, Takira Kasai. And Akira Kasai became my teacher, happened to be my first dance teacher, Bhutto teacher. And um, so Bhutto was, um, mainly developed by the choreographer and artist Tatsumi Hijikata in late 50s. In 1959, he collaborated with the um, Japanese author Mish Mishima Yukio in English, right? Mishima, Mish, eh, Mishima and that was a very avant-garde art at that time. And, and um, 
like um, people from United States or Europe, they explained that that must be the reaction of World War II, a reaction um, against Hiroshima and Nagasaki, because the the Hijikata's bodily avant garde and even dark, and 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 he he did this uh, weakened body expression. So it was completely opposite of the Western style dances, the straight, tall, long um, appearance. Um, although um, my teacher, Akira Kasai, always teaches dancers to bright to be bright and uh, to bring something good to the world so um i think my style of dance is not dark and looking around world in today there are so many dark things happening so um i think it's important to bring light into the world for me, the Bhutto that I've seen, I wouldn't describe it as dark so much as deep. Like you feel a lot of emotion. You feel a lot of, of depth of the movement. And it could be dark. It could be grief or something something like that, something heavy. But um, that's what fascinates me is like the depth of the emotion. Mm -hmm. Can you can you speak about that a little bit? Because there seems to be little movement and lots of emotion. So how does one go about doing that? Okay. Um, it, um, the most important thing is not to do thing. <laughs> not not to do your drama. Not to do your grief work through dance or through and and through the pro uh, process of making dance or or showing your dance you, you you don't show your grief work and even um yeah the process of choreography um the training of buto that i um i think it's it's beneficial to all the is to become an empty ball empty container like zen japanese zen philosophy become an empty container and then let the, the emotion come to your body and then let the emotion move your body so what moves what moves you is far more important than what you think you do and how you tell the story and then so on so how do you do that? I mean, so first you're going to become this empty container, but what what are you filling with? You you said you're connecting to the emotion. So you kind of going out and connecting to the universal mind or where if it's not something personal, then where is this coming from? What what are you connecting to? Um the first step is to be still and 
quiet inside. Not easy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it really isn't. And tell anybody to do that that's a dancer and it's like, no, I can't. <laughs> Um, I feel as if when, when I am in the zone, I'm quiet inside and still and wait. Um, so, um, dancers focus physically, right? Um, it's not like thinking when we dance, when we focus, it's so physical, becoming so aware of breathing and the muscles movement of muscles and bones and and then the weight and even um the, the the space in front of me and behind me and the thighs and then the um consciousness that it you feel as if penetrating a long line in the center of your body penetrating to the, the ground and um Are there exercises that you do, yeah. to, do that, to, to do that emptying? Because it seems to me that's probably the hardest part is to really do that, really connect to the body, to really be quiet, to, to, to become that vessel. So is that part of the training to really deeply go into how do we empty out? Yes. Um... Well, <laughs> and um, I've been practicing yoga for uh, about 20 years, and that helps tremendously. So, okay, so um, how to be quiet, so quiet inside. And then if you are so emotional and um, be, find yourself in drama, and then I do i go to the gym or i do go uh, i do my practice yoga practice and move, move just move my body physically and then and sit and I, yeah and then i sit down and focus on my breathing and um so and after you move it, it, the the weight of your body falls into one place and you you become more comfortable you you are able to sit with ease if that makes sense and then um focus on my breathing and let go let go um and then it, it as if like i mind and okay let's okay draw the file of happiness or draw the file of sadness and then and it's it's like the emotion is imprinted. Um, yoga talks about the memory. That is like uh, when we experience something. Um, our mind is like having three sixty camera and. And so that's our memory. So we don't know it. We don't have that 360 memory. But I believe that we can access to that um, 
documentary film almost, which is okay, which is personal. Though that mom, that state of being, you are re almost removed, and having yourself around here and seeing that documentary film, your personal thing. Does that make sense? It does. And mm -hmm. and I, I understand that it's very difficult to explain it because it is a very, first of all, it's an embodied thing, but it's also a disembodied thing in the sense that you're mm. you're outside of yourself. So I can I can see that it it would be difficult to explain. But when you're training, like when you trained with these masters, how did they train you? Did they give you specific exercises like to help you empty out or or they took you through the process? What what were the stages? I'm just very curious for myself yes, because yes. I uh, I feel so much depth with this that I'm curious as to how one reaches that. Yes, um, Akira Kasai, my teacher, trains dancers. Um, he says, "Become a become the third person. She or he, and then look at yourself." So imagine again you are around here and then looking at you. <laughs> um so he says um there are two ways to dance. One, I dance, I am dancing. Two that is dancing through me. What city city is dancing through me? A music is dancing through me, or happiness is dancing inside of me. Sadness is pulling me down. It's it's really that the um yeah, becoming the third person and look at your experience or somebody else's experience it's like um but then you're trying to the, emote yeah. the experience right because you as you said before you don't want to sort of imitate a dance you want to be the dance so then i think mm. that must mean that it's it's somehow coming out of you instead of instead of that what does this look like it must be more what does this feel like or right or uh, i mean you, you're talking about being the third person but it sounds like whatever it is needs to come through rather than mm -hmm. sort of be observed so um looking at physiology there is a state of being when you are happy or when you are sad or when you are angry, the state of being. So dance, as a dancer, you want to draw sketch all the time. They, when I'm feeling happy, but there are different, many different types of happiness and joy. Uh, how how is it 
what is happening inside of me? What is the, the muscles and the bones and uh, facial expression is feeling lighter or feeling heavier or um, being so aware of surroundings, of being so sensitive about very small sound or shut down and then just I don't notice anything. I don't want to look at look at anything or hear. I don't want to hear anything. Um, that that state of being, little different from drama. It's it's physical mm -hmm. and it's it's the um. So that is like a sculpture of. Um, being <laughs> sculpture of that moment that um yes what is happening yeah so when you're choreographing a, a buto piece what are you doing how i mean are you are you starting like with a con a concept an emotion a story what is it that you're trying to do because obviously it's very much connected to an emotion and, and what does that emotion bring? So where, where is this coming from? Where, where are the pieces coming from? How are they developed in a Bhutto uh, okay. choreography? Uh, choreography. Um, well, I am trained in theater and modern dance as well. So I'm uh, quite a mixture of <laughs> everything. So when I, choreograph uh, the piece um the theater part it, it is really uh, helping to build a structure um to tell a story or to tell the theme of the piece uh, it depends on each project and i often work with the uh, music composer so i work with them i i ask them their vision and their mission and um, the message that we want to deliver choreograph my dance part um yes it, it, i i i build a story or scenes and then um eliminate excess things and um, boil it down to really um, able to show the, the es essential part of it. Um, I think in, in this way, I can communicate with audience better. That's beautiful. And I, and I think that's really interesting that you are deleting rather than adding to, because <laughs> that that tends to be what happens, I think, with choreography is that it just gets bigger and bigger as opposed to getting more distilled maybe or, or something. Um, so that's very interesting that it's a, a whole different direction of movement kind of, yeah. You mentioned Rudolf Steiner. I would like mm -hmm. to uh, know more about that. You said, um, Akira Kasai was was influenced by Rudolf Steiner. What's what's the connection there? 
Okay, so my teacher Akira Kasai is pretty much a pioneer of Steiner education. When he was in his 40s, he went to Germany and studied Steiner's philosophy. And he brought it back to Japan. And then um, he built his, he teaches Steiner's Eurythmy. And he established this training for dancers. And he called it Ephesus, Ephesus dance technique. And um, um, I remember I did a lot of improvisation, <laughs> a lot of improvisation. Um, I, um, but um, um, Steiner also, and Akira Kasai, so, um, so um open-minded and loving and kind and believing in the um um potential of body that body is is beyond muscles and bones and blood vessels and we have consciousness we have special sense what if you listen to really 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 small sound happening in the far corner of your room and your outside showing changes um they you know it like when you meet someone who's Who's so who's so be, believing in you, you in general? Then it's, it it really opens up your your sense, and I think that that is what I was feeling in the first very first workshop. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like both of them were working with that interconnectedness between body and consciousness and how yes. how consciousness is a vehicle for or or body the body is a vehicle for consciousness and uh that's very interesting yes mm -hmm. so how does consciousness sculpt dance what is there a process that the consciousness comes in and begins to move the dancer or what's what's the relationship there between the two okay so the the, the consciousness sculpts body sculpts sculpts it sculpts dance um if you are so busy doing your idea doing your drama and then you cannot yourself though um if you just let them go i know it's difficult but become an empty container and then um let's say just go go to listen to the tiny tiny sound happening in the the uh, uh he said that 
go to listen to the sound and the, the end of the universe. <laughs> so it's the, the imagination is like beyond our imagination. How do you imagine? But when you are asked to do that, you are like, oh my God, I don't know how to. And then, okay, but do it, do it, do it. Imagine the end of the universe. And that is, that is, that moment it's it's um it's it's really wonderful that um you can you can go beyond your your imagination that's how almost you can break through and um really important when you uh, you you become calm inside and listen really carefully the there's a space around you changes and and the people can see that right if i'm not listening i'm not listening um or busy uh in about myself or i'm in my drama and then i I uh, I look closed and not communicated, but I but when I let that go and just use my spatial sense and becoming aware of the space above me and side right side and left side and behind and then just doing that the um. It's again physio physiology. It, it changes the um, physical structure. Consciousness sculpts a body. And I'm sure, as human beings, we are able to pick up on those things when you when you do that, when you expand yourself out into the space around you. I'm sure that the people, although not consciously, the people watching you must perceive that on on some level, that spaciousness or whatever you want to call it, light even, or whatever it is that's exuding beyond you. And that's so curious because, again, in in Western culture, you want to be able to prove and quantify everything. and you can't, <laughs> at least not right now. <laughs> we probably can't do that. So, so that's very interesting to think about that and to think about yourself as a dancer. I have, I've never thought this is this is new to me. I've never thought about that, about moving myself into the space. I'm very conscious of becoming a vessel, but then I've never thought of sort of going the other way and trying to expand myself into the space around me and what that might look like. I think probably I radiate something when uh, when I'm dancing, but I'm not sure I was ever conscious about actually just trying to expand myself into the space around me. And that must be very mm. interesting to watch somebody do that. Mm. Mm. And of course, when I choreograph a piece, I use both, of, both sides being inside, being closed and being, and um, yeah, I, yeah, I was born and raised in Japan and Japanese culture 
is based on Zen Buddhism. And Zen talks about in uh, introspective approach and the the consciousness and intuition be becoming so aware of surroundings becoming so sensitive about the, the space um it, yes it helped a lot <laughs> yeah and it <laughs> takes dance to a whole new level too <laughs> because we aren't like again i i, I mean traditionally we're not we're not taught to think about the space around us except in the sense of maybe how close are you to the next person but i don't think you're ever taught to use the space around you and that is a whole nother that's almost like another organ like using your arms or legs yes. you actually can use that space around you so that's really interesting yeah yeah. Well, you give me a lot yeah. to think about here. You, you can, <laughs> can you, you see can my activate. the wheels turning? Uh -huh. Right. You can activate <laughs> the space in that way. Mm -hmm. And you, you actually dance with the space. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You feel so connected to the space. Let's talk about and your core. Yeah your choreography a little bit but finish your finish your thought and then we'll go into your choreography okay so uh also you can put the um um idea of time you can say just say there's a past the the past it's not your past but the past behind you and there's the future in front of you and future is calling you and then you walk into the future and everything is new everything is new everything is so bright and i'm walking into the future and i'm walking into the past and again it's not your past so it's not like you remembering your this and that but it's uh, the past and then i feel it's it's a little dimmer no nostalgic and and knowing I know, I know, I know. I've been there. I was there. I was there. So, um, you can do this walk, walking into the past and walking into the future. And the you can add the light, dim, uh, dimming light, and fade, light fades in, and then it becomes brighter and brighter and brighter. And that. Oh, that itself changes your body. And then that, that itself is a choreography. Yes, and it's also a, a wonderful uh, mental, not mental, well, mental exercise or realization exercise, I think, mm. to watch your body change as you're moving the direction mm. or as you're moving in, in the direction in a time reference. Put, planting that as the the seed or the idea of what you're doing and then seeing observing how your body changes or how your movements change whether you're moving forward or backward that's mm. very cool yeah mm. <laughs> so let's talk about your choreography how do you mm. approach collaborating so you've done recently you've done a whole lot of collaborating so how do you do that how do you find composers or visual artists what 
what are you looking for or this how does this come about okay so recently i um music composer stanley grill and stanley uh, um brought this big piece <laughs> called ahimsa ahimsa is the um gandhi or um yogic philosophy ahimsa means non-violence so um whenever i work with music composers uh, i ask a lot of questions phone or zoom facetime um, i ask up, um, about their vision mission ideas um, stories their personal stories if they share with me um, and um, this time about the piece ahimsa i i watched a lot of the um, human rights movement including gandhi money and john lennon and then the, the, his his music piece was about those three historic figures um and for ahimsa i tried to tell a story because i thought it was important to introduce those three historic figures um and of course the essential part was non-violence now gandhi said truth is god and gandhi is the truth and then and again when you imagine truth with capital t it's beyond our imagination and i had to read a lot um and um think a lot i had to think a lot and um but 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 i found that so um if um if you think essential to everybody every human beings around the world For example, when you lose someone, it, it's really painful. Grief, it's really painful. Or if you, if you see a, a child, if you, it's, I think it's natural to, to feel, I mean, especially women, care. That, um, that those, those um, universal, emotions and universal thinkings that we we share that i think through that i i think i can communicate with audience members and communicate with many people and um maybe this is a little outside of i think um fantasy is 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 i i 
I really think it's important. Um, if you stop imagining or if you stop, um, if you become so materialistic and then I think that the, the end of the day, people start war, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. the, yeah, the, the imagination is, is, is our wonderful function, sense as a human being. We, we imagine someone else's pain. We can imagine. We cannot feel exact, exactly what they are feeling, but we can imagine. And we can, we can imagine um, how others feel. I think that is so important to um, bring this world into peace. Um, so that is it of my choreography, these universal feelings that we can share and we can relate. And the, um, the uh, imagination. That's beautiful. And I think that, I think you're right. And, and I think as creative people um, or people who are creative, the imagination is a huge thing. And I think there are people who have shut that down maybe from programming or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why very often artists are the revolutionaries because we still have the ability to imagine. And I, I, I agree with you. I think that that is something that's hugely important, something that should be encouraged in children to imagine rather than to shut it down. Because if we stop doing yeah. that, then we've created a world that's completely based on things that we already know. Right. And, and that's, that's problematic. So, um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. And if you, if you can convey that through a piece of dance or some kind of art, that would be amazing because, I think that is a message that needs to go out and something that needs to really be, um, we need to work on that a bit. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. How do you use sacred space in your, in your concepts, in your work as a choreographer is, is that something that you're trying to incorporate in bringing these ideas forward? Um, okay, so um, again, I was born and raised in Japan. And in Japan, almost every corner of your neighborhood, and if you live house and walk 15 minutes you'll see the temple so it's surrounded by sacred space and we have several kinds of sacred dance performed in shrine performed in temple we have uh, a style of dance called 
Kagura. Um, we have a, a, a female dancer called Miko dance, dancing in the shrine. Uh, Japanese no theater is is a is an offering to um, God, if you will, or universal loving kindness, or the the the, the things that is the um, um, letting letting us live, the water and fire and all the elements in the universe. We we Japanese Japanese also call that God, like animism. So dance to me has been always incorporated with a sense of appreciation and a sense of connection. Um, and I think our bodies are also sacred. Um, but how do you use sacred space? Are you are you trying to dance in a sacred space? Are you trying to create a space that's sacred that then you dance in? Or is the dance you're doing enlivening and making that space sacred? Okay. Um, I think through dance, we can create sacred space. I create the sacred space with audience members. We, we, we create together. Being authentic and um, by using imagination, um, being even vulnerable, I think we, we create sacred space. And if that goes well, that's going to be unforgettable show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're aiming for. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> so what are you hoping when somebody comes to one of your performances? What what are you hoping that they're gonna take away some a feeling or what what are you hoping that they're gonna get out of this performance? Um I want I I, I, I would love them to imagine imagine uh, remember remember the fantasy remember fantasy and remember how um restoring yourself when you imagine something beyond when you imagine universe or um the the end of the universe or a bright world that I, you cannot imagine but but start to imagine that's the that's the, the the small breakthrough and i think we have innate sense of peace within so we can start using intuition to um renew yourself and refresh yourself this is so much fun. 
but right like to to deliver to share joy of um moments so that's the dance that's the performing art yes yeah 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 and it doesn't the joy doesn't have to be always um blockbuster movie and yeah, yeah. it can just be a moment in time yes that's beautiful profound yeah yes yes well thank you thank you for all your insights as i said you've given me a lot to think about so <laughs> i need to go and digest all of this and and definitely try some of these things that you've suggested because i i feel that they are very experiential and i hope that the listeners will will try them as well so if people want to connect with you or get in touch with you or know more about your work, what's the best way to do that? Through your website? The best way is to visit my website. Okay. And that's www.maricoendo.com. And you can find out more about what she's doing and connect with her through that if you if you want to learn more. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here thank and, you, and sharing with us. I'm and um and definitely uh to to go out and um and watch some of the pieces you do you have a youtube channel or what's the best way maybe just to google uh search yes and for all the pieces the, um, the other videos are on my website also okay yes yeah so take advantage of that and and watch some of those pieces they're quite beautiful so thank you thank you again for being here and the best of luck thank with your you. with your work in the future Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. And thank you to the listeners for being here. That was, I hope you will take away some of that uh, experiential, um, those suggestions. I think that would be very interesting to play with those concepts and, uh, and see how you can fill the space around you and and enliven that and also that moving into the future and into the past. I think those could be interesting, interesting things to try. Well, thank you for being here and I hope you'll be with us next month. If you want to find out more about what I'm doing, you can go to my website, universaldancer.com. And also I have a very uh, beginner course in sacred dance which is Dance as a Spiritual Practice. It's an online foundation course, and you can find that at universaldancer.thinkific.com. And I hope that you will be with us again next month when I bring you another guest. All right, until then, thank you for being here. Bye-bye.